everyone. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. This is the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. On this show, we'll be talking about creativity topics and how they apply to the field of education. We'll be speaking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and digging deeper into new and varying perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel a more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers and parents with knowledge they can use at home or in the classroom. So let's begin. Hello and welcome back to our second episode in our first ever Listen and Learn series. Now, as a reminder, this summer we will be sharing 10 actions that teachers can take to facilitate or enhance creativity in their classrooms. These 10 actions emerge from over 200 tips that we've gathered during our podcast interviews with creativity researchers, practitioners, and educators. And during each episode of our Listen and Learn Summer Series, we will share one action and encourage you to generate a one or two sentence summary of how you can apply that action in your classroom for the upcoming school year. To help you with this task, we've created a Google spreadsheet that lists the action, includes some takeaways from Matt and myself, and a space for you to include your one or two sentence summary. The link to this spreadsheet is included in each episode's description. Additionally, if you want to join in a robust online discussion with me, check out the creativethinkingnetwork.com and we will be debriefing each of these tips every week. So our second action is start small. And our first interview clip comes from our discussion with Michael Mino. And then the other thing, finally, is kind of around curriculum is, you know, start where you are. And this is something um, that, um, you know, I've, I've used that kind of concept a lot in some of the work I've done, in, especially in elementary schools. Like, how do we get teachers to integrate making into the curriculum? So my first question would always be, what is what type of project are you doing now? Do you have a project that you do with students now that could incorporate more making opportunities? So maybe they're not making a physical prototype of some sort or physical object or artifact, but they could if you incorporated and given the opportunity of some other additional resources. And so that's, you know, that's where I said, like, okay, you know, let's start with where you are. And we're not introducing a new domain. We're not trying to force you to introduce a new curriculum. But what look at the curriculum you have and how you can incorporate it. Well, I think the first thing that I would say in some ways is, is at first glance, that might not sound like a start small tip. Michael <laughs> Mino is coming from makerspaces. Um, but I think the takeaway for me is that it's not about always thinking about introducing a brand new topic or redesigning the curriculum. I, what I like about this is it, it's a case of look at your existing curriculum, what you're doing. How are you typically getting students to express their understanding? of the material that that you've just given them. And instead of maybe doing it in a way you've done it every single week or every single year, is there an opportunity for them to make something? And perhaps there's a collection of choices that they can select when it comes to making something. And I think that's where it, where it's about starting small is working with what you already have in place. And I think something that struck me is sort of the appreciative inquiry approach that he uses. And what I mean by that is an appreciative inquiry, you start with what's working. 
And, you know, something he mentioned was talking about, look at what you're already doing. And I would add to that and say, what are you doing that's working and how might you do more of that? So when you see students are really energized and, and fully engaged in the classroom, how do you bring more of that in? And those are often small things. That, that's a really great idea, actually, because there's sometimes where I've done an activity and the students are really digging it. They're engaged, they're passionate, they're investing lots of time and energy. And I've sometimes got myself in a scenario where I've kind of only given two weeks for that activity. Now, granted, I think in higher education, we might have a little bit more flexibility. So I'm sensitive to that. But what I've gone away and thought about is that this assignment, this activity, this 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 creating and making experience that I'm offering, obviously, I can keep them engaged for longer. So, you know, where is there given my curriculum to provide more of that time for them to engage in that creating and making? And in some ways, it's actually less work because you've now actually got an activity that you already know works. You're just expanding it for a longer time during the semester. Now, let's listen to our second clip from STEAM educator, Andrea Mango. My first tip is there's so much already on your plate as teachers. It's it's nearly impossible to make some big changes. So I would say, you know, start small and challenge yourself to maybe get rid of one worksheet a week, maybe one or two then. Um, so instead of having kids write spelling words, why can't they make it with Play-Doh? Why can't they write it in sand? Um, instead of using a worksheet, can they? Can you instead have them play a math game? Can they move around the room to vote for the answers to a worksheet or ask them to draw something or act something out? So try to, as an educator, give get rid of one worksheet a week and then see if you can build from there. What I love about this clip is really the practicality of what Andrea was referring to, is just looking at something small each week in your classroom that you can change. And you know, Matt, I've actually written a paper that we don't need a revolution, we need an evolution. And I think so often when educators come to me, they say, all right, I'm ready to revamp my whole curriculum. And I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're going to make small changes and we're going to start with tomorrow. So what's one thing you can do tomorrow to bring creative thinking into the classroom? Yeah, I love that. And, and sometimes it's not even about tomorrow. I've worked with teachers and I've, I've kind of said, well, what what can you you modify or change for the semester? And, and start small. So is there a particular assignment or activity that you, you're perhaps interested or motivated to change. And here's your opportunity to focus in on changing that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a worksheet. It could be any experience that exists during the semester that you engage students in that you can kind of like, you know, introduce something new and different. And I think that also, of course, encourages us as educators to engage in divergent thinking as well, which I think is a, is a wonderful activity to do, particularly at the beginning of a school year. Yes. And I would also add, it's about those small improvements. So looking at what you've been doing and what's something small that you can improve on. And it could be over the semester, over the week, over the day. And and actually what you just said there, Cindy, reminds me of our episode with B. Liederman. And it wasn't one of her tips, so I couldn't include it in this episode. But B. Liederman um, is an educator and she gave us that wonderful quote that is on one of our coffee mug, which is one of the prizes that we were raffling at the end of this Listen and Learn Summer series. And you, you've got the, the cup, so it might be better if you read it because I can't remember the quote exactly. I do have the cup. I happen to have it right here. It says, it's great to start at a low floor and build up to a high ceiling. I love that. So just picking up on what you just said, start small 
And then as the semesters or you know years progress, you might find yourself at a really high tall ceiling just because um, you made that kind of micro step forward. Love it, Matt. And I love this tip because it's something that is firmly held in my own educational philosophy. So before we go, we want to remind our listeners engaged in our Listen and Learn series that we're raffling away various prizes, including that mug with B. Lederman's quote. Um, So first, you'll need to listen out to the end of each episode for a single letter, which we will give you one at the end of this episode. This will help you identify a code word. And once you have that code word, all you need to do is email us with that code word at questions at fuelingcreativitypodcast.com and give us a one or two sentence summary of how you plan to implement one of those 10 actions for creativity in your classroom. And then you get to choose a prize. And as a reminder, you need to send us this email with that one or two page Oh, see, I said the word page now with that one or two sentence summary and the code word by the end of August. And we'll give you a list of prizes that you can choose from. So, Cindy, why don't you take us away with this episode's code letter? The letter is T as in Tango. Top. Truck. Tip. Tardy. Top. Taboo. All right, I think they've got all the T's. All right, my name is Dr. Matthew Woodward. And my name is Dr. Cindy Burnett.